Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter S. Preston Esquire. <laughs> and I'm your co-host, back from the dead, Phoenix, uh, whatever his last name is. Theodore Logan. Theodore Logan. Yeah, well, Phoenix, welcome back from your long hiatus of being grounded. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, regular listeners, you know, have an idea of what's kind of been going on. I've been filling people in, um, you know, as to, you know, why you've been absent, basically, from the mm. podcast. But welcome back. Um, I'm glad you got your grades up and uh, we can start recording again. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I've, I've said on previous episodes that I definitely uh, missed having you on here. So, um, but yeah, you you wanted to do... Bill and Ted. Yes. And uh, do you want to give a reason why? Uh, mainly because for coming back after such a long hiatus, I would have preferred rather to do a movie slash series that I knew well rather than doing a movie that I've only seen like once and then just reviewing that. I wanted this one to just be special. Yeah. Uh, I'd be curious to find out if um, like some of our new listeners that maybe went back in uh, you know, checked out the previous episodes and then for you to be gone for so long to see if there's a change in your voice at all. Ah, yes. Because we've discussed yes. this before. Um, you know, we, we've been doing this podcast for over a year now, uh, which is crazy because, you know, mm -hmm. who would have thought? But uh, even the first few episodes, your your voice was, you know, a lot higher and uh, at the time you were still in eighth grade in middle school. So that's yeah, hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, but Bill and Ted, um, Excellent Adventure, is the first movie that we're going to discuss. Um, this is going to be a double feature, and we haven't done one of these, I think, since the Ninja Turtle movies. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Bill and Ted's um, Excellent Adventure, I already said the title, but anyway, it, comes out, it came out in 1989. Uh, it was directed by Stephen Herrick, written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, stars Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, and George Carlin. Two seemingly dumb teens struggle to prepare a historical presentation with the help of a time machine. Bill, Ted, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report tomorrow, I have no choice but to flunk the both of you. Two epic airheads. Who is Joan of Arc? Noah's wife. We are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow, Ted. One time traveling telephone booth. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm here to help you with your history report. What? That book will give you the number of any place you want to go. Let's reach out and touch someone. Who knew history? Two beers, please. Could be such an excellent adventure. Who's here? It's Billy the Kid. Don't worry, we'll bring you back here as soon as you talk at our report. Socrates. Philosophize with him. All we are is dust in the wind, dude. <laughs> We are in most excellent shape for our report. Excuse me, you know where there are any personages of historical significance around here? How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the iron meat. Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. Keanu Reeves. Those are historical babes. Alex Winter. It's a history report, not a babe report. Napoleon. Ziggy Biggy. Genghis Khan. <laughs> Sigmund Freud. How's it going, fruit dude? Socrates. And Abraham Lincoln. Audio, dude! If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. This is basically a comedy sci-fi adventure is what IMDb 
it's categorizing it. Um, it's rated PG, and I think it's very mild language. You know, some maybe crude humor. Well, n- not even that really. Um, I think it's still pretty good for all ages because it came out in '89. I think they were able to get away with some of the, oh yeah, you know, yeah. Some, most some of the movies bad were like that. Yeah, yeah, because they even throw out the not the f bomb, but the gay slur. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they say that, which um, caught me off guard, and you know, I I don't remember that uh, as, as a kid. But um, second one was a little bit worse. Yeah, it, it was, and you know, we'll kind of get there. But um, obviously, you've seen these movies. But did you? You didn't grow up watching them like I did, though, right? No, no. Yeah, the um, the first one actually. Uh, when I was about nine or ten, I remember uh, your cousin Uncle Neek. He came mm-hmm. over, and I remember wanting to watch these movies really badly. I just remember uh, when first seeing them, it was a really, really fun experience, and uh, kind of I just kind of remembered it. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I think I haven't seen either one in, I don't want to say a long time, but it definitely wasn't in recent memory. Uh, it's been quite a few years. And the first movie here, I there, there were a lot of things that I had forgotten. Some things felt brand new to me, especially like the opening, you know, which I mentioned to you while we were watching it. Well, no, I uh, I think we were watching part two. And yeah, I kind of mentioned, yeah, because uh, we watched the first one separately. But yeah, I, I kind of grew up, on this one, when it came out, I was what not even uh, I was almost six years old when this came out. Um, I probably saw it on home release, but I do remember my earliest memory of this movie in second grade. I had a friend uh, named Danny Beagle. Uh, definitely lost touch. Obviously, it's it's been quite a long time. Uh, him and I, we used to play Bill and Ted at recess. You know, mind you, play Bill and Ted. Yeah, well, you know, second grade, out in recess, I would be Ted, he would be Bill, mm-hmm. and we would do the whole air guitar thing too. Which I didn't look it up, but I wonder how early did the air guitar go back? What do you think about that air guitar thing that they do? I've always kind of wondered whether it was uh, it made an actual sound and like other people could hear it, yeah. or, or whether it was just Bill and Ted and that little inside thing of that they had i i I think i don't think the it's it's in their heads i i can't imagine other people hearing it too because the second movie like (laughs) like the when the dad does it it's it's like a viola or violin or something like that rather than an actual air guitar well what about when uh death does it he he you know uses his mouth to make the the voice it's it's so weird um but we'll we'll get to that one um, but yeah, the Danny and I, we, we used to do, you know, the air guitar during recess, you know, um, and that, that, that was pretty much it. Yeah. We just pretend, you know, that we were Bill and Ted, uh, in, in, in the movie. Um, did you use the school porta pit for your telephone time machine? The school what? The school porta pit. What's that? <laughs> outside, outside of recess. What's a porta pit? You you don't know what a porta pit? Porta potty. <laughs> oh, um, I don't think we had porta potties uh, out. What? Well, I I don't remember there ever being porta potties out on the playground or anything like that. If you need to go to the restroom, you go back inside the building and go and use the restroom. Mm. I think times have changed. I mean, I don't know when porta potties came out, but it. Um, now that I think about it, I don't remember them much at all when I was younger. So, you know, maybe that that was kind of kind of a newer thing. 
But another thing with this movie, it spawned a TV show too that came out uh, a couple years later. And I think there was only seven episodes, and it was actually pretty darn bad. Uh, they got guys that didn't really look like them. I mean, the guy who played Ted didn't really look like Keanu Reeves, but he kind of had the hair, obviously. Uh, and the guy who played Rufus looked nothing like Rufus at all. You know, maybe um, after the review of this, uh, the first movie, we'll, you know, watch a little clip off of, like YouTube or something like that and see what you think about it. But it was pretty, pretty bad. But I do remember watching it on TV as a kid and, you know, kind of enjoying it for what it was worth. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get, get into it. The, the The movie starts out in 2688, so it's about 700 years ago. Uh, we get the introduction of Wild Stallions, uh, which again is played by Bill and Ted, or not played, but they are Ooh, Bill and Ted. Yeah. 20, 2688, 700 years ago? Oh, oh, 700 years from their present time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what Rufus says in, in the beginning of the movie, because he's kind of narrating. Uh, Rufus is played by George Carlin, rest in peace. Um, Keanu Reeves plays Ted Theodore Logan, and Alex Winters plays um, Bill as Preston Esquire. Do you do you know anybody from this entire movie at all? From anything? Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. I believe, is in uh, Forty Seven Ronin. Yes. Uh, he's also in. Actually, I think he's in a lot of movies. I can't really place yeah, them. Yeah, Matrix, Speed. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot of, lot of movies. movies. Yeah, he's he's definitely in a lot more nowadays, um, and he's still doing pretty good movies. A lot of people are still enjoying his stuff. Uh, I haven't seen John Wick yet, but I hear that's a, a pretty good, you know, uh, revenge mm-hmm. flick. Otherwise, other than that, there have been not really too much of the other actors that I've really recognized. Yeah, I wanted to kind of point out that this did come out four years. Uh, well, almost four years after Back to the Future. And there are some things in here that kind of reminded me of uh, Back to the Future. Um, like when we first meet Bill and Ted, they're in the garage playing, right? And they're not good, right? Mm-mm. Oh, I see. I see yeah, um, because uh, Bill tells Ted that they need to recruit like Eddie Van Halen. And Van Halen was, um, you know, that's kind of slightly referenced in the first Back to the Future movie, you know, where he's dressed at, as Darth Vader and he puts in the uh, Van Halen tape. Ah, right. Right. And also, they're late for school while they're playing in the garage. It, mm. Same thing with Back to the Future. It opens up the, the same way. Um, what do you think about these two? I mean, they're wh- how would you describe them as, um, you know, what kind of characters they are? Are they like rock punk rockers? Well, they're not punk rockers, but... Like uh, like a click, like well, what kind of click would they belong? Because they're not jocks, they're kind of they're they're idiots. Dorks. They I wouldn't call them dorks. I I I wouldn't call them dorks. They're they're not smart. Skater dudes. Yeah, I mean, I'd put them with the skater dudes. They're kind of like skaters that don't skate, but but yeah, they think they play with... guitars. Yes, you know, and they only hang out with each other they 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 don't have like an actual click or they anything they have their like own click think think spongebob meets patrick spongebob and patrick meets someone from a band <laughs> uh, okay sure because Th- there's one point in class and they're learning history um i forgot the the teacher's name but um he plays like the same character in every movie uh, i don't think you've seen it yet but um Let's see here. Bernie Casey is the is the actor's name, but he plays Mr. Ryan, who's the teacher. 
<clears throat> excuse me, the history teacher, he was also in uh, Revenge of the Nerds. He plays like the dean of a mm. fraternity or something like that. I, I kind of forget. But um, Mr. Ryan is teaching history or going over some material. And I think Bill was asked about who Caesar was. And he says the salad dressing dude. <laughs> so that just kind of shows how, how dumb they are, really. Right. And basically, they are doing so poorly in, in history class that if they fail this class, that they're going to flunk out of school. Which kind of got me thinking, but what, okay, what classes do you think is required to graduate? Just just some of the basic classes. History, For, math, okay, writing. Okay, so history, they're failing. Math, how what, how do you think they're doing in math? Because this seems to be the only class they're failing. And, <laughs> and, and I know it's a movie about time travel, so that's why they highlight history. Uh-huh. But how do you think they're doing in math? Yeah, that, that probably not good at all. Yeah. Um, Maybe they're just skating by, just, just you know. I don't. I don't even think they're the doing minimum that. grade. I don't. I don't think they're even doing that. I think well, they're doing really, really bad. Yeah. But maybe history just has more of an impact of the grade than math does. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, they could be like no you know C average students or something that you know something. I don't know, but history is definitely not their not their strong point. Um, there, there's an issue with. Ted, his dad is a police officer, and he's told Ted that if he flunks, that he will be sent to Oates Military uh, Academy School, which is uh, in Alaska. And apparently his dad and uh, Colonel Oates are are buddies of some sort. I don't know if they were in the military together or what. Let's talk about the parents real quick. What do you think about Ted's dad, the cop? Um, He seems really uptight. Yeah. Do you think because he's a cop? Maybe, but he does have a really young wife. No, that's Bill. Bill's dad oh, that's has Bill's a young dad. One. Yeah. Okay. Ted's dad has a has her <laughs> in the next movie. <laughs> um. So Ted's dad, right? The white old one. They're both old and white. Um, white the, hair. The cop. White hair. No, yeah. no. He he has the you know, my dad's hair. You know the 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 side, uh. Devin, a previous guest, he, he calls it like a cul-de-sac. You know, the, the one around. that got possessed in the second movie. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm thinking of the right one. Oh, okay, but he's not with Missy in the first one. But isn't that why? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Bill always saying. says Missy. I mean, mom. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um. But yeah, the cop. What do I think of the him? cop dad? Yeah, you say he's uptight. That sounds about right. You know, because uh, early on we kind of find out that his keys i guess are missing you know they're his work keys and uh they're pretty important but it's gone missing and he kind of blames ted to oh, yeah, know he what makes they a are. big deal out of the keys right he does and and the whole like if you flunk i'm gonna send you to military school um which i think is a little overplayed uh not overplayed but it's it's a little much you know just for flunking out of school i mean there are other things i feel like sending him to military school is kind of like his dad's had enough with him and He's just got no other options. I mean, there are other things, but I just think it's a little severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, what about uh, Bill's dad, who's um, who's got the the, the young wife there, who's uh, apparently she, I guess she was a senior when the when Bill and Ted were freshmen. Do you mean Ted's dad? No, Bill's dad. Wait, isn't Bill's dad the cop? No, Ted's dad's the cop. I'm so confused. 
Boy. <laughs> Keanu's dad is the cop. Bill's dad, we don't know what he does, but he has Missy as a wife. So Bill's dad is the one with the white scruffy beard. That's kind of fat. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Well, they're they're actually two different actors uh, in one and two. Oh, okay. That makes much more sense. Yeah. Um, I can't say too much about it because honestly, I don't remember too much of him from the first movie. Yeah, I guess he doesn't. He doesn't play a big role except for you know we know that he marries Missy, who used to go to school with the boys, but a few years older, and kind of a um, creep too because I think doesn't he and Missy kind of get it on in Bill's room. Bill and Bill and Missy? No, no, his dad, Bill's dad. <laughs> Remember, Probably. they were in, in they were in his room, and and his dad gave him like some money and told him and a Ted to leave. Oh yes. yeah, <laughs> and it shuts the door like while they're still in his room, mm-hmm. and then Ted makes a a joke out, out about it. It's like your dad's getting it on in your room, and Bill's like, "Shut up, Ted." <laughs> um, oh yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched it a little bit more recent than than you did. Uh, one of my favorite lines in the movie is when okay, so basically they're they're gonna try to work on their history report, right? And one of my favorite lines is when they're at the Circle K, and uh, y- you know, I-, I guess it starts storming or whatever, and then we meet Rufus, right, who shows up in a phone booth, and uh, prior to that, Bill, no, Ted says, uh, "Strange things are afoot at the Circle K," and I don't know why, but that's like the only line I've always remembered. I mean. Th- that's the only line I can quote. Everything else I can like say along with the movie, but it's nothing that I just randomly say, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. You know, like with Back to the Future, I can use a lot of lines and apply it to almost everyday sayings. But with Bill and Ted, I know what they're going to say, but I only know the one quote, you know, that may, you know, <laughs> come up like once in a blue moon. Um, but I, I guess uh, another thing that we didn't really talk about is like... Uh, why Rufus is coming to present time. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he is sent back in time to prevent Bill and Ted being split up, right? Because in the future, their music ends war, uh, unites like animals and aliens and <laughs> all kinds of things, right? Countries people, and everything. Yeah, people live in like peace and harmony, and which is uh, very interesting, right? Mm-hmm. But if no, but nothing if happened. Nothing would have happened, right? Then Rufus would have never been sent back in time in the first place. Yeah, nothing happened, which is the weird thing. And let's let's put this out: there is no antagonist in this movie, really. Mm-hmm. the The only one that's kind of bad is maybe Ted's dad. <laughs> that's the closest thing to a villain that we get. I think the villain is time. I guess. Yeah, time is definitely against them. Um. So when Rufus shows up, he tell he gives them the phone booth and says, you know, use this for for your work. He doesn't really tell them exactly what to do with it, but he show he takes them back to uh, to France, Napoleon. I forgot what year it was, but they just kind of viewed that uh, really. And I think the guys they get the idea to um, you know visit other historical figures and kind of make their report based um, around that. So, yeah, actually, it's Austria is where they went, and Mm -hmm. I I guess that's where Napoleon is. But what do you think about the scene when uh, Bill and Ted meet their future selves? Yeah, meet their future selves. 
Um, that part kind of got me wondering because it's like, well, they just met themselves. Mm-hmm. How is that going to play later to the movie? Um, you know, later when you see that actually contributing to the movie, it makes a lot more sense, and it's really cool seeing that way. Okay. So let's, let's talk about the, the time travel and see what you... Was there... Okay, so any of the historical figures that they picked up, did any of them you not recognize at all? Um, As far as, like, uh, you know, obviously you get introduced to them in this movie, but, like, uh, you know, throughout school, any of them you, you don't remember, like, hearing about? Billy the Kid. Okay. Let's, let's start with Billy the Kid, then. Um... So they go to New Mexico, and it's 1879, and they meet Billy the Kid. Uh, why don't you tell us or talk about how Bill and Ted encounter Billy the Kid while I pull up a little something here? Um, let me see how I, if, how I can remove. They go in, the They walk into the bar and order beer. I remember that much. Oh, man. Uh. Okay, just real quick. Billy the Kid is an outlaw. And he was uh, really young, and apparently, or allegedly, he killed 21 men by the age of 21. So, um, Kill a year. Yeah, you, you didn't quite get that from the movie, though, mm-hmm. obviously. you know. And I think people only know him by name. And I want to say Emilio Estevez played the same character in the movie Young Guns, um, which is a, a movie I'd like to review someday, too. That's a, that's a pretty good one. But, yeah, Bill and Ted, they meet Billy the Kid inside a bar, uh, which also kind of reminded me of Back to the Future 3, which has not been out yet at this time. But, um, you know, they play poker with him, and I, I guess Billy the Kid was kind of cheating and was you ah, know, dealing right. them, like, good cards mm-hmm. or something. Um, so that, that was a fun scene. Did you like anything in in that time area? Because cause we get a montage later on of them picking picking up right. other historical yeah. figures but this is one of the few times that they actually spent a little time in, um, there normally in movies set in the wild west normally i don't care for movies like that so back to the future 3 it was going, it was a it was a little bit of a eh kind of movie for me but um i i really really enjoyed this scene and seeing uh bill and Ted interact with this character Okay, uh, let's go back to Napoleon real quick. Uh, so when Na- Napoleon, he, they they didn't they didn't even take him back with them. He kind of sp- snuck on to, well, he fell down the time portal or whatever you want to call it, the window that they went through, and um, kind of just traveled back to present time with them. And while he's there, um, Ted asks his uh, little brother Deacon to take Napoleon around. Why, why don't they take Napoleon with them if they're going around collecting other figures anyway? Well, I mean, to make room, right, I guess? Because it's not like they're going to go collect people and then drop them off as they pick them up. Probably because that was a little, Napoleon wasn't a, uh, a very good... He didn't make a good impression on Bill and Ted. Well, uh, and again, they didn't pick him up. He's he's one that just kind of tagged along. <laughs> right. Um, what what did you think about his character? We'll kind of jump around a little bit in the movie. Um, they they go to uh, Ziggy Pig, Ziggy Piggy, or wait, yeah, Ziggy Piggy. Is that the name of the restaurant? Or is that just the 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 like the ice cream challenge that he was eating? Uh, actually, it might be it might be the uh, restaurant. Okay. Uh, did you notice that Deacon was with twins? Deacon is... 
that uh, Ted's little brother. He was oh. hanging out with uh, a set of twins. I did not know that. I, I just thought it was kind of interesting. You, you know, I, I wonder during the audition process, you know. How, like, you, how do you know it was Deacon? What do you mean? How do you, how do you know that, that the guy with the twins was Deacon? Um, From watching the movie. Oh, oh! They interacted. Yeah, I thought it was like I thought it was like someone someone in the background. Yeah, he's the one that's taking Napoleon all around and stuff. You know, like the water. Oh, park. right, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think about the water park? How he, he kept on cutting in line. That was that was funny. I like <laughs> that part. Um, um so N- Napoleon, he's um, you you may hear like that expression, the Napoleon complex, you know, or something, the narcissism, l- little man's complex. Uh no, I oh, haven't. Yeah, that, well, that's that's what they're talking about when referring to that is is him. Um, yeah, so Napoleon stays in the present time, and uh, it's a fun time. I I like when they were bowling, and uh, he went right through the uh, alley. Yeah, well, it, I I think he was also cheating right on the scores. Like he was recording the scores down, and he like gave himself. Like an like an extra hundred points or something. I'm not surprised. Napoleon seemed like a huge, uh, huge Napoleon. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> During his whole trip. Uh, but yeah, he he uh, rolls. Well, he bowls the ball. Uh, he bowls and he uh, slides as well, right? With mm-hmm. the, the he doesn't slide into the pins. But I I want to say in on the TV version, um. Okay, because I took French, and you know I know some of the language, and uh, I don't know if you remember, but he kept on saying "merd, merd, merd, merd," you know, mm-hmm. as he was banging the floor, which is the uh, sh word. And in the TV version, he kept on saying "zoot, zoot, zoot," which is "damn, damn, damn, damn." <laughs> and uh, so that that was funny because I don't I don't remember it being the bad word. So watching this uh, for the review, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, that's funny mm-hmm. uh, that they edited that for the TV, obviously. Because it's in French anyway. It's not like the you know the majority of the American population would actually know. Right. Um, let me see. Then okay, the next person that they go visit is uh, they refer to him as Socrates instead of Socrates or Socrates. Socrates. Yeah. Do you recognize that name? Yes, I do. Okay. What do you know about Socrates? He's a Greek philosopher. <laughs> okay. Did you look at the notes? No, I did okay. not. Okay. Yeah, he's a Greek philosopher, uh, philosopher uh, one of the founders of Western philosophy, along with Plato and uh, Aristotle. And that was a that was a pretty brief one. That was during one of the montages, right? Mm-hmm. Or the montage? Yeah, they just picked him up while he was. Well, they had, they had a little brief scene, the interaction with him. Yeah, that was uh that was four ten BC, and it's funny because they're like um, uh, Socrates, or I think they say. Yeah, Socrates. Uh, look under Socrates. <laughs> they don't know how to spell it. They uh-huh. know how to say it, but then like Socrates. when pronouncing it, yeah, they just say Socrates. Um, the next, uh, the next person they go to uh, England in the fifteenth century. The date's not specified, but um, I think they were just making a stop here. But they meet Princess Joanna and Elizabeth, which. The future Ted told himself, you know, to give the princess his love or whatever. So these are love interests for our two main characters. Uh, what did you think about these girls? I, I felt okay. These two doofuses who dress like jesters <laughs> show up, and and these princesses just fall in love. I mean, and they're both princesses. 
Are in they the related or something? Or the, what? Yeah, in the same castle. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, I didn't think too much of them. I just thought, uh, well, one for one for each, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've never had any celebrities on this. Um, well, I mean, uh, other podcasters, they're celebrities to me. But as far as like actors and actresses or anything like that, we've never had anybody on this show. <laughs> but, um, you know, you and I decided, well, you decided that, um, or suggested that we do this movie and you know I didn't put it out or anything like that I w- kind of wanted it to be a surprise but uh, like in the past week I've tweeted at uh, both princesses their Twitter account asking them to come on no reply um, I tweeted at Bill no reply <laughs> uh, I tweeted at Joan of Arc no reply I think I think that's it <laughs> So yeah, no lu- no luck on that on that end. Um, there's a scene inside the castle where they're wearing the armor, and Ted. yeah, and you can obviously see their like clothing under the armor, mm-hmm. which I thought it was really silly. But you know, it's 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 a kids movie. Right. Um, but uh, th- there's one point where where uh, B- Ted he's like, this is heavy. It just made me think of Back to the Future because that's something that Marty used to say. I don't know if that was really, you know, like a an expression back in the eighties, and I, I feel like maybe um, that was written in Back to the Future, hoping that it would catch on, but it never really did. But uh, so that's another um, reference kind of thing that I kind of caught. But while, and, well, here's another thing too: while they're wearing the armor. Uh, I think they both were carrying swords, and then they started sword fighting, and then Ted's like, "I'm Darth Ted." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, great! Like another uh, Darth Vader." Well, Marty Marty McFly dressed up as Darth Vader in Back to the Future, so a uh, bunch of little things that that I caught there. Let me see. They while they're there, they get caught, and I guess they're supposed to be beheaded or something, right? Because uh, uh, I I believe it's because they invaded trespass the castle could could be i mean i'm sure back in those times you know you get you get prosecuted or persecuted for like you know prosecuted yeah uh for for lesser things but um uh, so so their their heads are on the block and they're about to get beheaded and uh, i just thought this was funny because this is a, a bit of a trope but we find out that it's uh billy the kid and was it so, so Socrates? Socrates. Yeah, they they were dressed in the um, Socrates. Sure, Socrates. Um, they were wearing the robes, and apparently they probably mugged these other two guys, took their robes. But it's funny because they reveal themselves and throw off the robes, like in, in the middle of escaping. I just find that to be a trope. Like, why do you have to throw off the robe? Yeah. You know, just take off the mask so we know it's you, and just escape. But why throw off the robe? And run off, you know what I mean? Oh, I see. Yeah, because it make it blend in a lot easier. Yeah, so I mean, I just, I just thought it was kind of funny, and I just like, you know, because we haven't done tropes in a long time. Uh, the next stop is Vienna, Austria. It's 1901, and we meet. Uh, they pronounce it uh, Sigmund Freud, because <laughs> you know it's spelled uh, like instead of Sigmund Freud. 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 Yeah. Freud. Yeah. F R U no E U D. I think it is. F R E U D. Yeah. And he is a like, like a psychiatrist, basically, right? I mean, he's he's a 
you know, Freudian, you know, that's a reference to him. Um, I don't know. Let me see some of the things here that I'm reading about him. He smoked cigars. Ooh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, he suffered from depression. He used cocaine. Look at that. Uh, he believed that neurosis originated from sexual problems. Uh, he said that all females suffer from penis envy. <laughs> sure, okay. So, uh, interesting guy. It, uh, that kind of reminds me of that scene where they're in the uh, in the mall and he's holding the hot dog. <laughs> I wonder if that's kind of like a nod to like you know the 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 actual um, you know his historical figure himself. That'd be funny if it was. Um, the next one is a. Uh, Castle Germany. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but they pick up Beethoven. Castile Germany. Huh? I think it's Castile Germany. Oh, could be, but you obviously know Beethoven. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Do you know some of his music? Mostly. Sure. Uh, <laughs> he did Ode to Joy and Beethoven's Fifth. That too? Yeah. Those two, yep. And then... Orléans, France, in 1429, they pick up Joan of Arc. And I already said I tried tweeting at her. Uh, the actress, she was in a band. Oh, crap. You know, somebody's going to be yelling at me. Yeah, she was a member of a band. I forget what it was. Joan of Arc? Well, the actress oh. that, that is playing her. Um, and she was uh, a religious figure, you know, uh, declared a saint in 1909. So, took what is that a little under 500 years uh but when she was 13 she claimed to, to hear the voices of saint um of saints i guess and let's see here so what happened in the 500 years that she wasn't a saint um well i mean i'm sure let me see here she oh look at that she was captured and imprisoned in uh may 23rd 1430 so that's uh that was just yesterday and then she was tried and burnt at the stake uh, a week later. No, uh, a year later. Crazy. A week uh, and a year later. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they apparently thought she was a witch, you know, for hearing voices and stuff. So, eh, I get that. <laughs> um, Outer Mongolia, 1209, Genghis Khan. Now, what do you know? Do you Have you heard of that name? Absolutely not. Okay, yeah. He brought a code of laws to China. First ruler to develop a Mongolian language. Now you got, you got uh, Beethoven, you got uh, Genghis Khan, Joan of Arc, uh, Socrates, all foreigners. Who's who's interpreting <laughs> for them? Huh. They kind of figure it out for each other, I suppose. Yeah, I mean they're using a lot of hand gestures. You know, like Bill and Ted, they speak in English but use hand gestures to kind of communicate. But I thought it was funny, like, like um. They're all from different time periods. Like hand gestures could all, you know, be something different. Right, because like a thumbs up back in the day was kind of like the birdie right now. Oh, I, I could be. No, no, it's true. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. So it, but but you're absolutely right. I mean, it, um, a lot of cultures, something could mean something completely different. You know. So I, I just, I just think it's interesting. <laughs> that everyone seems to understand each other. And not only that, once they all get picked up by Bill and Ted, they are all willing 
to help mm-hmm. <laughs> with something. Like they don't you know. object or anything. They don't right. think it's strange. They just go in. They have no idea what's going on, but they all seem to be very cordial about everything too. So I think that's really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was uh oh, and who's the last person? We got the White House in 1863, Mr. Abraham Lincoln himself. Wow, we almost forgot about Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, the 16th president. So he was uh, the last person that they picked up. Um, so let me see here. They go back to San Dimas. Uh, we kind of talked about a little bit about the mall, but here's the thing. Uh, there, there's this thing going on where I guess Bill, no, Ted's watch is what whatever is said on on Ted's watch. That's that's their the clock that they go off by or something. Mm-hmm. So I guess however long it takes them to do something traveling in time, that also reflects in real time too, right? Yes, that's basically what we're understanding. And so, um, when they when they are now their future selves, you following so far? And yes. they're talking to the past. Okay, yes. Ruth, we we get to hear a little bit of dialogue that we didn't catch earlier on, right? Because uh-huh. we were with their their current selves, which was back then, right? And so, um, Ted reminds his other self to set back his clock right because they they have two hours until their uh presentation mm-hmm. right and so f- between then what happens they go to the mall for i don't know how long then they have uh, bill and ted have to go find napoleon everyone at the mall causes chaos and gets arrested <laughs> and then we have to see at the police station and then the presentation at the school Sounds about right. Two, two hours, hours though, but two hours. Yeah, you kidding me? Yeah, sounds about right. At the right. police station, you th- you think they were only there for a little bit? I mean, I I know, in movie time, it was, it was like pretty quick. Minutes. But but, but uh, the mall alone is like two hours. I mean, you got to drive to the mall. You got to collect everybody. Well, I mean, how far is the mall really? Well, I don't know where the police station is. They do live in Cali, you know. Yeah. yeah I mean, but I then, you know, if they they do live in Cali, so like they do live in Cali, so like. Police station could be like every block. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, is there anything you like about the mall? We got. Uh, let, let's talk it about the characters. Big. Oh, not the mall itself, but oh. like the the mall scene. No, yeah. Um, Abraham Lincoln is getting pictures taken, I guess, <laughs> and the mm-hmm. photographer thinks he's like he's borrowing his costume. Uh, he was like, "Yeah, you can you can give me back that hat and that stupid beard." Like, why do you think the beard is fake? Why couldn't the beard be real? Um, Beethoven is uh, at a at, at a uh, music store, mm-hmm. you know, and he's uh, playing on electronic pianos. Mm-hmm. Um, Genghis Khan is at a sporting goods store and beating up a mannequin with a baseball bat. Uh, Joan of Arc is in a fitness. Yes, yoga. Something not yoga because they're actually yoga is more like meditation and stretches and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure they were stretching, weren't they? Or are they working on? No, like, well, she she was stuff? doing like a bunch of steps and running in place and all these things. It, it was actual uh, working out, um, but nonetheless, they all get arrested, um, basically for doing what they do. What? Oh yeah, Billy the Kid, Socrates, and. Uh, Fruit. <laughs> they were hitting on some really young girls. Oh, that's that's that dog uh, hot dog scene I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is going on in the mall? That's pretty much it. They finally, uh, Bill and Ted finally find uh, find Napoleon at Waterloo, which is their water park. 
uh, and they finally uh, get to their presentation. And uh, what do you think of the, about their presentation? It's, basi- it's basically like a concert. You know, uh-huh. it's kind of cool. And they, they called it like a world tour. So all all of their um, opening acts or whatever you want to call them are actually historical figures that are, you know, kind of putting on a display of what they, um, of their specialty, I guess. Now, the presentation, Bill and Ted isn't really giving, right? It's it's more so the figures are giving it themselves. Mm-hmm. They're just Bill and Ted are just showing them. They're just to right. They're they're interacting with these people and just going through the motion, like uh, Joan of Arc. She's like sword fighting with Bill. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Abraham Lincoln. He's the one who gives a little speech himself. You know, Genghis Khan. I forgot what he does. Well, he puts on like a, a martial arts display, right? So mm-hmm. again, no Bill and Ted. So it's funny because. You know, it's a movie. They they obviously pass, but all they did was collect these people. Those people are the ones that really did the hard work. Well, their hard work was just showing up, having fun, and telling them about themselves. That's pretty much it. I mean, Bill and Ted did have to go around time to gather them, which is, like, it's hard work. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, we we kind of touched on it, the, the police station, but... Um, here, here's a, a question for you: Which, which uh, time travel would you prefer, like the one in Bill and Ted or the one in Back to the Future? The TARDIS. The oh. TARDIS. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. they're Back both to the future. Well, um, I mean, it's a, it's a police box. Well, I would, I would obviously uh, love a DeLorean, but I mean, I guess I'm not so uh, too clear in my question because, like, at the police station, in order to uh, Rescue these people out of jail, right? Uh, you can't really bring a DeLorean in there. No, well, not only that, but the, the the way that time travel is displayed in this movie, they're they're talking about what they're gonna do and say, well, after their presentation, they're gonna do this, and then it happens immediately, right? right? Whereas in Back to the Future, things happen, and then that kind of slowly changes the future order, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. So you still prefer the, the you know the whole Bill and Ted thing? Oh, I mean the uh, Back to the Future. Actually, yes. I uh, no no. I probably would go for the Bill and Ted thing mainly because you're right. It does. It's it's instant. everything. Yeah, everything appears right away, right as they say it. But it's also a little bit more stressful because you have to remember it, which also strikes me odd because I mean they're doing so bad in history, but all they have to do is remember some facts. But yet they still remember things like sending back keys to this exact point in time, you know this this minute, yeah. this second, this hour. The, the whole setup is is really meticulous. Is that the right word? Uh tedious. Tedious. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. Like the the whole tape recorder, you know, the um the Ted had to record a message for his dad on tape recorder, so they have to set a timer on that. And they have to time everything just right while while his dad is looking for this tape recorder to distract him. Um, and the keys, the keys finally show up, and and that explains earlier why his dad couldn't find the keys because oh. Ted had stolen it. So, cause yeah, cause Bill's like, oh, you totally did steal your dad's keys. Yeah, cause they they had to steal the keys and then hide it so they can find it right outside of the uh, the police station so they can open up the the jail cell cells. Um, and then, oh, here, here's one thing that kind of bothered me, but 
Ted was supposed to set up a um, like a garbage can that's supposed to fall on his dad. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. So they're they're um, they open they open up the cells and and gets everybody out. And then his dad catches them, and then he's like, you know, think garbage can, think garbage can or whatever. Then all of a sudden, the garbage can falls on his dad. Like, okay, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, um, where where's that hanging? Uh, is it on some kind of timer? How, you know, how did that just fall? It's like I I like how it's instant like that. But some of the ideas I felt like. You know, again, it's a kid's movie, but I wish it was a little bit more thought believable. Out, thought out, well planned. Yeah. So, yeah. And so what would you give their presentation if you were one of the teachers? I would mainly probably give it like a three and a half out of five. No, no, no. You, you want to give them a grade because oh. it is for school. C plus. A C plus. C plus or B minus. That's that sounds pretty good. I mean, I I think it's a really good idea. It's, it's a really good concept. It, it's a good idea, but because that they weren't the ones giving the presentation, it was the people that they that were helping out. Uh, it it would have showed like no work to me. So I'd have been like, um, not much of an effort grade. So right, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, and then the movie ends uh, with um, them back in the garage. And, uh, you know, Ted avoids going to Oates Military Academy. And uh, Rufus shows up with the princesses. <laughs> but uh, I guess the girls are going to live there now. Right. Which is kind of weird. It's, yeah, it's kind of weird for Rufus to do that. What grade do you think the guys are in? You seniors. Do you think they're seniors? Seniors, uh, because it's like if, if you get an F, you're going to flunk out of school. But... It doesn't seem like you can flunk out of school so early in the years. Plus, the second movie, did they already graduate? No, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, y- any other any other ideas or thoughts from, from the first one? Um, no, not, not that I can think of. All right, let's go ahead and get into the second movie. Ah. Whoa! Oh, I hate that part. Bill, what? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. And the second movie is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Um, I I think we kind of already discussed a little bit about our history with the movies, but do you recall which one you maybe watched the most or more of? The one I definitely remember the most was probably the second one, mainly because it featured death, mm-hmm. and he just made a big impact on the story for me for some reason. But I just remember the games that they played together and uh, some other stuff of the movie. Uh, not too much of the first one did I remember, but um, rewatching it, I rewatching it, I did remember some more stuff. But uh, at the top of my head, it's mainly the second one. Yeah, I I want to agree with that. I I feel that your uncle Phil and I we uh, spent a lot of time watching the second one, and I thought we owned them both, but maybe only the second one. I'm not sure. Um, we do own both. Well, we do, but growing up for me, oh. uh, because I feel that we uh, we watched Bogus Journey often you know and excellent adventures 
I I don't remember watching that much, but I mean I I do still remember a lot of the scenes. But remember I I did mention some things still felt kind of new to me. Uh, but that wasn't the case with Bogus Journey. I I remembered every single thing. Um, you know I I still remember most of the lines and the details of the scenes. But yeah, this one is uh, 1991, so it came out a couple years later. Uh, basically the same thing as the first one. Parental guidance still the same. Language, probably a little bit more, not that much, but it's still PG. Uh, and it's still a adventure comedy uh, fantasy. But this one is now directed by uh, Peter Hewitt. Um, and uh, it looks like it's still the same writers. And Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, they uh, return to reprise their roles as Ted and Bill, respectively. Uh, this time we get William Sadler, who plays um, the Grim Reaper, a.k.a. Death. Now, you've never seen this movie, but um, one of the previous reviews I did with a guest was uh, with um, John from the Liquor Run podcast. Him and I, we reviewed Hard to Kill. William Sadler is in that movie. And I don't know too much about the actor like as far as his uh you know where he's from or anything like that but in bogus journey doesn't death have an accent it's kind of like yeah it seems kind of uh yeah it seems kind of german, german. yeah i get that too. german or russian let's let's look him up real quick because williams uh sadler in hard to kill he speaks like an american yeah he's from new york <laughs> huh uh good accent he was born in yeah so i wonder why he chose to play the grim reaper with an accent that's kind of weird yeah because in hard to kill uh he didn't have one but check this out he was the president in iron man 3 and he also had a role in the flash he played simon stagg so that's where you may know him from uh it's one of the earlier episodes too i forget which simon stagg yeah, I think he was like in one or two episodes. It was it was early on, like in you know, like in the first six episodes, might have been there twice. I forget. We got uh, George Carlin returning as Rufus, and I don't even know the actress's name who plays Missy, uh, Amy Stockpointon. Um, she returns, and Mr. Logan Hal Landon Jr. He returns as uh, Ted's dad, but. Um, Bill's dad is a different actor. I won't even go into that, but yeah, it, it's it's a different actor that plays uh, Bill's dad. A tyrant from the future creates evil android doubles of Bill and Ted and sends them back to eliminate the originals. I have a feeling we're about to embark upon a most unprecedented expedition. Once they made history. I must see to it that you die. Now they are history. Bill and Ted are dead. Welcome to hell. It's the Grim Reaper, dude. How's it hanging, Death? But they're having one hell of a time. This is not what I expected this place to look like at all. We got totally lied to by our album covers, man. Taking in the sights. Not bad, dude. We totally knew a guy got one of those in his bucket of chicken. Making new friends. Excuse us, dude, but is there any way we can get back? You may challenge me to a contest. J7. You have sunk my battleship. Best two out of three. What? Enjoying the family. No 
invading the present. I totally possess my dad. Battling <laughs> the future. You metal, dude. Excuse us, but your shoes are untied. And meeting their maker. God, congratulations on Earth. Not to mention your other great planets. Mars, Jupiter, Uranus. It's the comeback of all time. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. It's a trip. Best of seven? Damn right. Ah, oh, dude. Left hand red. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Okay, right off the bat, I felt like the idea for the sequel was okay, well, we called the first one Excellent Adventure. What's the opposite of an excellent adventure? <laughs> A bogus journey. And in the very first scene, we get uh, Dinamalos. Okay, and remember the first movie? It didn't have a villain? Right. And now this one, you get a villain in the very first scene. Um, and I don't know if you caught this, but one of the writers is uh, Ed Solomon. Mm-hmm. What's Dinamalos backwards? I'm going to assume it's Solomon. It's Ed Solomon. Yeah, D. Oh. <laughs> so. Smart, smart. Well, they just weren't clever. <laughs> I'm going to use my own name and spell it backwards. <laughs> So that's what they did there. But yeah, it takes place in the future. So yeah, we we get the villain right off the bat. And um now, apparently Denomalos, he he hates their music and he created evil robots which are, you know, the exact uh um what do I say, replicas of, of copy copies of the uh of Bill and Ted. He's going to send them back to kill these guys and what do you think about the future because we got a glimpse of it in the first one and then we see it in part two where rufus is like some kind of instructor at a at a school or university of some sort it kind of seems like back to the future except you think more so? high tech the way they dress i don't know it just uh. like all the neon colors yeah, I I could see where you're going as far as the color goes, but their their cloth looked like it was made of foam, like thin foam, you know, or or something. I don't can't right. really explain it. Whereas in Back to the Future in Part Two, they were more like, uh, not really skin tight or anything like that. But well, you know, I I guess you're kind of right, except for they're not all like two toned, you know. Mm. Colors, yeah, and that's that's how their future was depicted. But it looked a lot different from the first first movie, right? Their future. I mean, think about what Rufus was wearing. His boots were all weird, funky. You know, they kind of reminded me of like the uh, Super Mario boots. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie, but no, it was, it, yeah, it was like that, but not mechanical. It was just like big foam boots, um, and his jacket. I don't know. It's it's really weird. I was not digging their future. I mean, it looks clean, <laughs> looks clean and like free of, you know war and stuff until Denomalos shows up. <laughs> Free of war and stuff. Well, I mean, it doesn't look like they're in the middle of one. I mean, <laughs> until Denomalos, like, kills Bill and Ted in the past. 
and and I guess his his new future is gonna be really it's gonna be like mayhem or something. It's gonna be biffified. Yeah, yeah, I I would uh, agree with that. Um, did you catch uh, Rufus? He was teaching kids how to do homework. Uh, well, he Wh- said he says to not do your homework without wearing headphones. So that means um, to wear your headphones while doing homework. Okay. Which I don't know how kids can concentrate and focus. Well, I guess if you're listening to like Bill and Ted's music, it's supposed to be like really serene and <laughs> maybe helps you focus a little bit more. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, so this is to kind of answer a question that you had earlier when you questioned in part two if they graduated yet or whatever. What I kind of got from this, I f- um, they they let me see, they're at the Battle of the Bands. Okay, let's put that out now. When I was a kid, I thought this was something for school. You know, like a talent show or something. Right. But in this viewing, the Battle of the Bands is just like an event, you know, in their town that other bands can come to audition and, and you know, perform at this event. See, so I, I, didn't, I didn't get that as a kid. But um, I think Bill mentions that the princesses, it's the fifth year is their fifth year in the 20th century. So does is the movie telling us that it's been 5 years since the first movie? I th- I think so. So if if that were if that were be the case, then that would also mean that they those two Bill and Ted did gr- actually graduate. Right. And they were most likely seniors. Yeah, well, I mean, the I think they're out of school because uh, you know it it is mentioned that they are working now, and Bill and Ted they actually live together in an apartment too. Oh, right. Yeah, right. so they moved out of their houses, and you know, um, the girls don't live with them. You know, we kind of find that out a little bit later, but um, yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised. The movie came came out two years later, but it seems as though it's been five years since the first movie. Um, so in in real time. <laughs> In real time, it, I, I wonder if five years can change what the future looks like, you know, from what we saw. I just, I mean, I know it's a different director, different vision, but it just really bothered me that I feel that the future in part two just looks so different from the first one. Mm-hmm. Remember how in the first one, they had these holograms of Bill and Ted, you know, doing like the air guitar in a slow motion. Right. I don't know what that's about, but they... It's kind of weird. Yeah, they don't have anything like that in part two. But you say it's weird. It kind of reminded me of like Harry Potter, you know, like the moving pictures. Mm. And, and their CD CD case had the had that image too. Yeah, I, I suppose. You think they only had one CD? For Harry Potter? <laughs> no, no. Oh, for all oh, Bill for and that. Ted. <laughs> Because like the, their CD case was basically the same poster that was hanging up in the first movie. I don't know. I'm not surprised. That that'd be funny. It, it, it'd be like one one album with with a couple of tracks that changed <laughs> the world. Um, okay, so uh, we see. Okay, what what is going on at their apartment? Because Colonel Oates is there. They're celebrating something, aren't they? Because uh, uh, Ted, Bill, and Ted's dads are both there, and Missy is there. I think it's funny too because like um, Colonel Oates, his academy is in Alaska, and he is here in San Dimas for something, you know, in their apartment celebrating. I kind of forgot what they're celebrating. Is it maybe just an anniversary, you know, for for the girls or something? 
it could be perhaps could just be some regular old party um i don't think they really ever talk about it in the movie yeah well yeah i guess it's not really a, a big detail but uh we we do see that now it is ted's dad that is married to missy and i think it's still funny because um so she comes up to ted's dad you know gives him a kiss and then ted's like i can't i can't believe she divorced your dad and married mine and then, like, you know, they're kissing, and then they stop, and then she looks over at the boys, and she's like, hey, guys. And then Bill's like, uh, hey, Missy, I mean, Mom. You know, like, shouldn't Ted have said that? That would have been funny if Ted did say that. Um, Melissa? Missy. Missy. Um, so does Missy just have a thing for older guys? It seems that way, because, like, in the first movie, she, um, when... Missy, when they were working on their report, you know, their presentation, Missy was like, Mr. Ryan, right? Tell him I said hi. <laughs> you know, and then later on during the presentation, when she goes to see them perform or whatever, mm-hmm. she goes, like, I think she goes to sit by Mr. Ryan or something, or she at least goes to say hello. I know, I remember that. Right. So I, I think she may have something for older men. Um, I think it's funny, too, because this is the first time we saw Colonel Oates. And again, it's um, presumably it's been five years since the first movie. But Missy walks into the room and she walks by Colonel Oates and she's like, hey, Oatesy. <laughs> like like they know each other, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. So how long ago did M- Missy divorce Bill's dad? You know, for her to be able to be on, you know, terms like that with Colonel Oates to call him Oatesy. I, I, I just thought it was really funny. Maybe like a year well, and I, I guess, like, with her character, it, it could have been, like, their second meeting, you know, and she's already calling him Oatsy. I, I, I can believe right. that. Uh, what What do you think of Missy, anyway? Do you think she's even, like, pretty? Uh, not exactly. She seems kind of terrified. What, what do you mean? Not the brightest. Yeah. Because, especially because she tried doing that seance. Oh, right. I mean, it it, it kind of worked, but... She's got some weird friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, the guys, they proposed to the girls in this one. What do you think about their proposal? I thought it was funny how they were kind of... It's It seemed like they were writing it together. <laughs> yeah. Because when, when they... When they gave their speeches to mm-hmm. the girls, it was It, it was sounded like all paraphrasing. Yeah. So, so it's like, dude, yeah, we need to work on it together. And so they would write something, and they go, "Well, you say this, and I'll say this, so it sounds different." So I thought I was, I thought that that was yeah. really funny. And then like the rings that they give them were like something you get out of a like, vending machine, yeah, it was like plastic rings, <laughs> not even a vending machine, probably just like some toys at the bottom of a cereal box. Yeah, it's a thought that counts. <laughs> I mean, they're matching, <laughs> they're matching rings. So, uh, we we get the the girls leave. And then we get this scene where the evil robots from the future, they come to see Bill and Ted at their apartment. Okay, so good versus bad. Um, I felt that the writing was kind of weak in this because uh, the real Ted, he gets a bad feeling about their quote-unquote future selves, right? Because they kind of come in and you're supposed to assume like, well, hey, it's us from the future, right? But... um, the robot Bill, he's like, no, 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 I think Ted asks how they're doing. They said good. And then the robot Bill was like, how are you? And then um, 
and then Bill responds bad, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. And so if you're the future versions of yourselves, you should know what's been going on. So I don't know if the execution wasn't really good or like the writing actually could have been actually kind of brilliant because maybe that was like a clue, you know, and it just wasn't executed well. Like that should have been a clue for Ted. Like, wait, why are they asking us how we're doing? They should know how we're doing. You you see what I mean? Okay. Yes. Um, well, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the I'm death, at- the death of Bill and Ted. Um, they, I, yeah. I actually passed out during the scene, so I can't be too much of help right here. Okay, well, what do you remember? Uh, do you remember them being thrown off? No. Off the cliff? I remember, I remember looking at the screen and seeing Bill and Ted wake up on the ground, and they're both just really, really white. And when I say really, really white, I mean like they just took a bath in chalk. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, they basically did. We saw the behind the scenes on that and how they looked. But, they, yeah, the, the robot versions of themselves threw them off a cliff. And before doing that, they call them, you know, that, that gay slur. Uh, so there's your second instance of the, the F word So in, in both movies. And this one's in 91, so I'm still surprised that a couple years later they, they haven't even thought that's not really, you know, appropriate to be saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so they're thrown off uh, the cliff and they meet death when they wake up. So I I think that's when you, when I, when up. I woke up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I didn't look up Melvin. What do you think that name came from? I believe I, I it came just a from wedgie. like Poindexter. Like the name Poindexter came from someone that's like nerd. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Melvin sounds like a nerd name. Hmm. And maybe just doing it to other people would I don't know, I can't explain it. It just it's in it's in my head, but I can't yeah. I can't bring it out. Okay, well if any of the listeners know where that originated from, you know, email it. I like I like to hear where it Melvin, you know, came from. I I just thought it was just like, you know, pulling the I mean, it's a wedgie, isn't it? I mean is it called anything else? It shouldn't be um atomic wedgie. Wedgie, mm. Melvin, Melvin. Okay. Um, let me see. The 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 robot versions of themselves. They're posing uh, as them, and then the girls call off the engagement. Did you find them being a little too aggressive for robots? The yes, I did. Um, they're almost like kind of rapey. Yeah, that's that's what I thought was happening, until the girls stood up and walked walk or uh, yeah. walked started walking back. Hmm. Yeah, these these guys, I mean, they're they're complete opposites. They're they're rude. You know, they're they're basically a-holes, you know. They have no manners and now here's a question for you. Um why why were they sent back at that point in time? Because I guess they're supposed to kill them during the battle of the bands. Yes. Why why not just send them back like right before the battle of the bands? Like, you know, cuz cuz now all this is going on because they have more time for Battle of the Bands <laughs> <laughs> to prepare. I yeah, guess. that and, makes sense. And just like just like the first movie, they're gonna go last, like in their presentation, mm-hmm. which is funny. Uh, I guess we didn't bring up Mrs. Woodrow, the 
the lady who's like in charge of the Battle of the Bands. The uh, black lady, right? Yeah, she, yes. yeah, she's going to be giving them a chance, which, you know, she even tells them that they suck, yeah. but she's going to, you know, let them go anyway and go last. She's and, a nice lady. Yeah, didn't she say like, like um, m- maybe by then like everybody will have left? Yeah. And then she was, yeah. Ted's like, well, we're already used to that or something yeah. because uh, that happened at a party that they, they performed at. Oh, I think it was like Ted's little brother's party or something. So when Bill and Ted, they, they come back to life. Well, not come back to life, but they're wandering around as spirits. Mm-hmm. They go to the police station. What do you think about that scene? The scene, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like every other ghost scene, you know, possession. They're, yeah, they're possessing the um, Ted's dad and a fellow worker, just some sergeant. But I felt the actors were really bad at portraying Bill and Ted. Yeah. Um, I guess I mean there's really nothing else to say, but it was just a really cringeworthy scene for me. You know, I I was a little embarrassed for the actors themselves, and uh, yeah. Oh, I I guess that's pretty much it. Did you like the the effects of how they went through the year and stuff? To, oh, to possess um, the body. Well, any effects before the year 1995, I usually don't like. So. I'm not much of a help there. Uh, I think it really depends on the movie. Like some movies do it well. You know, I'm sure we'll be covering some that are older than this actually have better effects. But um, so I I don't. Why did they want to go see Missy? I forget. Oh wait, didn't they? Okay, they think that the girls went to go see Missy, so they go there, and that's why Missy and her friends are doing the seance. Yes. Right. So it's not yes. like okay. So so Missy and her friends are doing the seance and. Somehow, Bill and Ted were able to talk to the group, and um, because they mentioned you know death and and Bill and Ted and all these things, Missy thinks mistakes them for like demons, right, or or like bad spirits or something, and so they she sends them to hell, right. So, what do you think about this free fall of them going to hell? It kind of reminded me of Spy Kids, which I was actually watching with uh, Tana, my sister, today. They were falling for, well, it wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a very short fall. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, Spy Kids. It was like they lost for like three hours just falling straight down. Um, just, just kind of made me think of that. Okay, what do you about, what do you think about the entire scene in Hell, like uh, meeting the devil and some of their fears? Um, the fears. Uh, did any of those scare you? For Ted, mm-hmm. um, he encounters Colonel Oates. They encountered Colonel Oates, uh, the, the Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny is that the one that scares you? No, oh. it was the grandma. Oh, that's that's uh, Bill's. Uh, oh, Bill's. Yeah, I think it was grandma. I think I think he played his own grandmother too. I'm 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 not uh, exactly sure, but she she just creeped you out. Yeah, she creeped me out. Like she looked really creepy. She sounded creepy, and the thought of kissing her was really creepy. It just gave me the shivers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay. So in order to get out of hell, they have to, um, I guess, go through some challenges with death? They just have to beat death at a game. Okay. And they keep beating him, and then he keeps changing the odds, mm-hmm. right? Best of three, best of five, and then out of seven? Yes. What were some of the games uh, that you recall? There was Battleship, mm-hmm. Clue, Twister, Rock, Paper, Scissors? No. 
Okay. Uh, uh, let's see what else. The the electronic football game. I think that's Tech Mobile. I'm I'm not. No, they didn't, they didn't play that game. They played. Um, Wasn't there some kind of electronic board game like a football or something? I I swear it it was like the first one. I mean, they don't really talk about it or anything like that. No, the the first one they played was a uh, Battleship. Hmm. Well, I do remember some kind of electronic football game because I do remember some kind of reading some kind of trivia that in Deacon's room is that same board game. Mm, and so, so they used so. it in the second movie. But anyway, yeah, they, they keep beating the, the Grim Reaper, Death, uh, at these games. And so he ends up basically being their slave. And how did they decide to get to heaven or go to heaven? Uh, they decided that they need someone's help. They needed someone's help to build uh two good robots to fight the bad robots, which mm-hmm. the good robots didn't really even do anything. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there. Uh, so what do you think about the whole heaven sequence? I right, what do you think of how heaven looked? Too white. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I don't mean not like, enough color. Yeah, it's it just kind of like plain. it was all yeah too plain. Like um, everyone's wearing white and just. Uh, I feel like it would get really boring after a long time. It, it actually looks boring. Yeah. You know, I, I, if my if, hell looks more exciting, <laughs> which is uh, kind of funny to say. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say it's more exciting. I, I'd rather be stuck in purgatory, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I mean, between Bill's grandmother and you know a boring, wide open space. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of, it's it's like cloudy and a bunch of people wearing like. You know, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they they mug some people, steal their clothes. And again, this is just like when they were in medieval uh, England. You know, they put on these people's clothes and you could still see their street clothes under it. Right. So they stick out like a sore thumb. And it's funny because when they mug like these people, there's like these uh, these women. They're, I guess they're the greeters or something. Like, the women are right there. They don't notice, you know, like Bill and Ted and, and Grim Reaper, like, beating up on these people. Uh, I just I thought that was a little silly. Right. Um, Grim Reaper was beating up on the guards? No, they, there was three people that were at the entrance. And so Grim oh, Reaper... Oh, that part. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't have too much of a thought on that scene, but it was actually... In my head, it was it was pretty funny to me. It was amusing because you know you're, you're mugging someone up in heaven, mm-hmm. so it's, it's it's not really uh, an ideal thing to do. Yeah, but w- what about their uh, their encounter with God? I wish he'd said something. Well, he said station. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which uh, it seems to be like the universal word for like anything. Mm. You know, uh, I can ask you a question. You, you'll be like station, and then is you know basically right. that equates to like a a whole a whole uh, paragraph, yeah, or paragraph. Yeah. Okay, so while they're in heaven, they they meet station, which are two little aliens, right? Wait, does that mean they're dead? Yeah, they're in heaven. Oh, that's okay. that's, that's what I assumed. Huh. But I just find it weird that they're two little aliens, and then later on they have to combine to be one I don't know what the purpose of that even was I w- well I would assume it's it's to make a bigger brain or to lift all the heavy stuff or something like that but I think it would make more sense for it to be 
one whole being and then when it needs to work split into two which makes things go by much more faster but why not just make it like just one being to start with why did it have to be two yeah two little ones you I, know? Don't, I don't know yeah it, it, it had me thinking last night and i was just kind of like well why are there two little ones i mean because what you're saying makes sense why they have to combine because you know the arms are longer and they're stronger and you know but if it's two people, you can get more things done quicker. But, you know, maybe they're limited due to their size. But why not just start off as like one big, you know, giant alien? I don't know. Um, okay, so I, I guess that kind of brings us to the end. But uh, what do you think of the the Battle of the Bands and the battle between uh, the two robots, the evil robots and the good robots? Station. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> Um, I, I found, I found it a little, I don't know, lackluster, I guess, you know, anticlimactic. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. All in all this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't care for the ending as much as I would like to. Uh, yeah. The, the princesses yeah. were tied up and hung above the rafters, you know, um, uh, above the stage, you know, and I guess they were going to. The the bad robots, the evil robots, they were gonna drop them at some time, I guess. And you know, the plan was to kill Bill and Ted, but now you got these pairs of uh, robots that are battling it out. But you're right. I mean, the good robots don't really do anything. They just you know punch them in the head, and then the heads go flying. You know, that basically that's basically it. And then the the actual end where Bill and Ted, you know, now is their turn to perform. They are now just coming to their senses that they cannot even play, so they decided to use the phone booth to go into the future or something to learn how to play. But yeah, so I guess they they go away, they come back, and now they both have kids, and they named each of their kids, you know, the the other name. Um, and yeah, so they know how to play now. What do you think about their futuristic look? I don't. I don't know. I, don't I like mean, the beard on, on Ted. Bill. Bill has the beard. No, no, they both had a beard. Well, Ted has a goatee. Well, it's still a beard. Well, it's, but but Bill had like an actual long beard. Okay, I I, I didn't like Bill's beard then. Yeah, I. So, how long do you think they were gone for? Like two years. Sixteen months. Oh, did he say that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. See, so not even a year and a half, but they mastered it in that long. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, you know, relentless days after days after days of just continuous guitar practicing in the works. Yeah, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, really interesting. Okay, so we didn't give our rating for the first one earlier, obviously. Oh, we're saving it for it now. But uh, what are your thoughts on the two movies and give your ratings for both? Well, uh, I would give a four out of five on the first movie, mainly because of the story arc. I I really did like it. Um, the second one, I'd have to go a little bit lower, maybe like three point five or three point seven five, mainly because of all the many plots of the movies. Like, for instance, trying to avoid uh, military school at the Alaskan base, or um, you know, the Battle of the Bands, or trying not to get assassinated, or stopping. Or saving the princesses, getting married to the princesses. There's just too many plots to uh, focus on for the second movie. So 4.0 and 3.75. Okay. Um, the the first one, I think, 
still holds up. The, the only thing not really good about it was the, the effects, you know, like the CGI and stuff like that. But I think it's still pretty good, and I really enjoy the, the time-traveling aspect of it, you know, where they go around time picking up all these people. You know, their presentation is a very good idea, but it's just they're not doing much of the work at all. But um, I think... I don't know. I I think it, it's it's actually a little bit better than than uh, I kind of remember, and I don't know if it's because I'm older now, but I, I'm gonna give it like a four and a quarter, four point two five. Um, but the second one, there's, it's 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 the one that I grew up watching a lot, and I've watched it a lot more than the first one, but this one has, like, almost no time traveling in it. And what I kind of liked about the first one is like the interactions, you know, the the double Bill and Ted. And you kind of get this in the second one, and I kind of like it for that. But they're evil robots, you know, and not really themselves. Right. I don't really dig the whole bad guy thing, you know, and then like the, the time in hell and heaven. I didn't care for that. What I do like is William Sadler playing the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Um, the only problem I had with the Grim Reaper was his accent, mainly because of how how bad he laid it. Like it was it was a good accent considering he came from New York, but um, as much as the accent as he put on it, it kind of sounded like Dracula. Yeah, I just I I didn't think it was necessary, so I, I don't know why you know that that he had to speak that way. Mm-hmm. But the second one, I'm gonna give it. Gosh, I'm going to give it three and a quarter. So a whole one point below the first one. Wow. Now, here's the thing. I will still go and watch both one and two, you know. Um, but two is not as good as I remembered it. Um, mm. Just uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of it was really boring. I mean, there's not a lot of content in this movie. Most of it was spent, you know, th- their bogus journey. That that's That's what it was. The, again, no time traveling. Yeah, it wasn't really a bogus journey. It was more of a after death journey. Yeah, it just it, it was it just it wasn't a good idea. But because I grew up watching it, I mean, I will, you know, it's not one that I'm gonna watch over and over and over again like I used to. But we we own this movie. I'd probably watch one over two, and actually, I will watch one over two any time. But even though I give it three and a quarter, I mean, that's really not that bad. On a scale of 10, that's actually six and a half, which is actually pretty average, mm-hmm. you know? So I, w- I will still watch part two. Uh, I do like that song that they, you know, quote unquote, came up with at the end. Did they come up with that? It's a, yeah, it's called God Gave Rock and Roll to You and it's performed by Kiss. Um, Okay, so that that's basically it. Uh, do you have, like, any ideas for, for our next review? Because I brought up the movie to you before, and then I mentioned we had some uh, listener requests since you've been gone, and obviously we have a long list of movies that we want to do. We could go to the uh, the Last Dragon. Okay, yeah, that's that's one I definitely wanted to do. We we missed out on the uh, the thirtieth anniversary, so um, let's do that. Let's do the Last Dragon. Then after that, maybe one of our listener requests. All right, or something. Okay, so uh, we actually have some feedback. I've got something for you. A letter. Okay, and I got one email, and it's not for this movie, but it's an older email that I have uh, haven't gotten 
to yet. But uh, it's from Jameson, who was a guest on our Psycho episode. Uh, he wrote in about Nightcrawler, the, the one I did with uh, Mike. Um, subject is Crawling the Night. Hey, Peter and Michael, I just finished listening to your Nightcrawler episode and wanted to chime in. Great insight into the film and what made it so intriguing. Nightcrawler, for me, was one of those films that hung in my mind for days afterwards. Reverberating through the... Uh, reverberating through the... Recesses? Reverberating. <laughs> right? Through Rever the... Rever reverberating. Reverberating. Through the... Come on, Jamieson. English is our second language, man. <laughs> Using big words with us. Through the recesses. 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 It's a testament to both the stylized cinematography that set a deliberate mood along with the performance from Julian Hall, his psychopathic stare that betrayed all human emotion despite what the rest of his face was, was saying sold me. In the decent year for movies, Nightcrawler sat atop my list of favorite films last year. You guys really touched upon a few of the things that helped make it so. Great to hear you enjoyed it as well. Just wanted to pass along my thoughts and compliments regarding the episode. Uh, thank you, sir, for emailing in. Um, yeah, the Nightcrawler, that's definitely a movie I highly recommend watching uh, and checking out. And Phoenix, why don't you go ahead and read uh, some of our iTunes reviews? From War Machine Warhorse, great look at two different generations of film fans. And that's uh, Michael Denniston, obviously, who was on the Psycho remake and Home Alone 1, I think it was. The concept of a father and son movie podcast where the father is introducing his son to films from his youth is a great idea. One made all the better by the unexpected take that Phoenix will have on his old man's favorites. The generation back and forth makes for a fu very funny, charming, and informative film podcast. I get the expression old man, but I think he's really calling me an old man there. You are an old man. I'm <laughs> not that old. <laughs> by Carly Vision. Great concept. This show is really cool. The movie review from a parent and kid perspective is the coolest concept. I love this show. They make me want to have movie marathons and watch with my kids. Look forward to listening to more of Hydrate Level 4. And that's uh, that's Carly from That Pop This Life uh, podcast. She's actually going to be on an episode with me soon here. Bye. Not Tom Selleck. Stupendous. Hydrate Level 4 is an entertaining time. Peter and Phoenix make for a fun dynamic reviewing movies from the past. I've enjoyed every episode, and so should you. Yeah, I, I thought that was Tom Selleck, so I'm, I'm glad that the person <laughs> said that they're not Tom Selleck. I don't know who this one is, but uh, recently on an episode of Sweep the Lake, uh, 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 Michael Masunas and Jameson, they were kind of, I guess Masunas actually got a review from this person too, and Jameson thinks that he knows who this person is, but you know didn't, didn't really review it. So it sounds like they um, found us from, from those other shows too, so that's, that's really nice. And then our last one. By Devin0209. Great podcast. Every time I listen to this podcast, it's like a trip back in time to my childhood. I love it and can't wait to listen to more. And that uh, that's Devin who is, um, you know, while, while you've been gone, he was on the Major League episodes and chimed in on the uh, Age of Ultron with me. Um, actually, on that note, do you want to give like a quick one-liner of your thought? Thought for Age of Ultron and Furious 7, because you did watch them both, and I kind of briefly reviewed those movies. One-liner for... Furious 7. Furious 7. 
fast, mm-hmm. good heists, exotic, and nice and emotional. Mm-hmm. Do uh, do you um, remember enough to give it any kind of rating? Four. Okay. Solid Point four. Two five. Oh, okay. All right. So I, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, though I prefer watching the rest of the series to enjoy it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Avengers, it was good. Uh, I probably have to rate it about the same as the first Avengers, though, mainly because seeing the first Avengers movie um, was such a big monument in superheroes in the superhero life. What did you rate the first one? Because uh, we we didn't review the first one. Oh, I know. I oh. just mean like I put it. Oh, you put it on par. Yeah, I put it on par with the, the first, first movie. One. I gotcha. Right. What uh, and what would that rating be? Four point five. Okay, four point five, four and a half. Very nice. Yeah, I, uh, that's actually what I gave it too. Yeah. Okay, so, um, so there you have it. The Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon will be our next review, uh, with Phoenix anyway. Um, you know, Carly will be joining me for raising Victor Vargas uh, soon, and so until the next episode, I'm Peter. I'm Phoenix, and this is Hydrate Level Four.